Welcome back to SPS Extra. We have Dr. Adam Swinyard with us, the district superintendent. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. And what better way to start the school year, start, I mean, we've been doing this podcast since January now, Stephanie, but to have Adam on and just really gear us up for this incredible school year that we have ahead of us. 23-24 is going to be awesome. Like we're off to a good start in many ways and we're super excited about all the things that we have planned for this year and to get kids back. So it's a few days left and we'll be back and rolling when this gets published. Everyone will be in school having a great time looking forward to the stadium opening. We talked about that in our last episode and just getting everybody back and connected. I know it's probably hard to condense what you're most excited about for this school year. But if you could sum it up, what are you most excited about? Yeah, well, as educator, I've always loved the start of school and the closing of school and just the energy and the excitement and the optimism. So as you mentioned, this is going to be the best year ever in the history of Spokane Public Schools. (laughs) Yeah, we're coming off a record high graduation rate in the spring and our enrollment is steadily increasing. We're all staffed and ready to go, and so you can really feel the optimism and the excitement that is in the air across the city. How can you not be when we're doing so much? Opening two more new middle schools, the stadium, what has that been like and that energy around? I mean, we've been opening middle schools and buildings for a while now, but still, it probably doesn't get old. It doesn't get old to have those new modern buildings knowing they're going to be filled with super fun, smiling kids and staff members, and then a stadium where it's just, we've talked about it a lot. It's going to be state-of-the-art and so incredible for those kids to experience. Yeah, well, what's awesome right now is we're a school district that's on the move, and that's um, such a great thing and such a source of pride for our staff and our students and our families, and those buildings are definitely a representation of how our district's moving forward. Our family survey in the spring, we had 80% of our families said that they would highly recommend our schools. And on average, uh, families scored us a four out of five on school quality. That's pretty amazing and just a resounding endorsement from our families um, about the experience that our kids have. And as you mentioned, we have so many awesome things going on with activities and athletics and clubs and new buildings. So there are just so many emerging opportunities that have really positioned us as a 21st century school district and what that looks and what that sounds like. Certainly, we still have areas to grow and things we need to do better at, um, but there is a lot to be proud of um, if you're a part of Spokane right now. On one of our previous episodes, we talked to some Sacagawea Thunderbirds who were really excited. They're going to be eighth graders this year, so they were really excited about their new school. And they were reflecting on the yellow gym that was the old <laughs> SAC gym, yeah. and we all know that really well. Yeah. But they were excited, and so we hope to circle back with them and see how things are going because it's a cool time to be at school and a cool time to be involved in things. Totally. Yeah. Well, as, uh, as the form, a former principal at SAC, uh, definitely <laughs> familiar with the, with the orange lighting in the gym and those new spaces are, are really just I mean, unreal. Uh, it's yeah. surreal to walk in and see them. But it really situates in what we're focused on right now in that uh, student engagement has never been more important. 
and engaging kids and um, creating spaces where they feel like they're excited to be at school. School is fun. School is joyful. They feel a sense of belonging and connection. They feel like it belongs to them and that there's um, a feeling of community inside of those buildings. That has never been more important. Uh, And there's lots of reasons for that. The pandemic um, didn't cause some of the disengagement that we're seeing in kids. It definitely accelerated and exasperated some of it. And the really important work we have moving forward, and not just our school district, but but school districts across the country, is how, how do you engage kids in a new, different, and exciting way? And how do we recognize that uh, every generation of students a little bit different, what they need is a little bit different, their attributes are a little bit different, And how do we evolve with that? And in SPS, uh, at the heart of our strategy is to have more activities, more athletics, more clubs, um, whether that's the spelling bee or the science fair or cheer or band or choir. Um, We we just want to continue to really stretch the rubber band on what those different types of experiences are because, you know, we know that a reality is uh, one of our adversaries is technology and technology is it's incredible it's amazing the type of access and opportunity it can provide and i am in sensing um almost universal recognition across our city across demographics um, across um, uh, age groups whether it's parents or neighbors or grandparents or aunts or uncles there seems to be a universal acknowledgement that our kids are spending too much time on screens. That's what it is. It's too much. Some of it is great, and and that's our 2023 world, but sometimes it's too much. I know when you were talking, I was thinking about, um, I saw a picture just the other day about the Lewis and Clark girls cross-country team. Mm -hmm. Genuinely happy to be out there together, hanging out at Manitou, getting ready for the season but just being together and there wasn't a cell phone in sight in the picture now somebody took the picture (laughs) but but it was cool and i thought what a great way to get away and just do something fantastic which is be athletic with the running piece but also connect with your friends and like-minded people and there's no need to be on a screen during that time but then go home and connect with someone cool and look something up that you want to learn about but at the same time it just felt like a pure wholesome picture i mean screens are here to stay i mean they're not going anywhere but i do think that the they they came so quickly um, that I think sometimes, um, as a culture, we sometimes are so focused on, can we do something and what, what, what can we provide? We don't always think as, as long and as hard of about, should we? And, and now we have a generation of kid that is on screens way too much. And the research is really clear. They need to be out active, moving around, socializing in person with their peers, uh, there's so many good outcomes that come from that. And, you know, life is about balance in so many ways. Um, but we want to just continue to message to families the importance of every kid participating in at least one extracurricular activity, athletic, or club during the school year. Just try at least one. We hope you do um, uh, a whole handful, but we're really going to be encouraging uh, and promoting that that every kid um, tries at least one. So we got some work to do uh, in Stephanie's department around, you know, increasing those different opportunities. But it's it's truly more important than ever, you know. And, and things have really changed when you know when we were 
when we were kids and a lot of our parents were kids. Um, you know, I grew up in Spokane and you had channels two, four, six, seven, and 28. And Price is Right was only an hour long. Right. <laughs> so, you know, and so you eventually you would get bored being at home or in your basement. Um, and now kids can infinitely be entertained by streaming devices, by video games, by social media. And so we need to recognize that that is, is a reality. And what are we going to do to intercede and provide kids a different alternative? What's an exciting, fun alternative to being home on your devices? And um, we know that if they engage in those things, it's going to be infinitely better for them and their development versus being on Snapchat or TikTok for hours on end. I remember one of my connections when I was younger a theme in this podcast is when I go way back to when I was younger, but cheerleading was a big uh, deal for me. Yeah. And I was also playing basketball and also running track, but cheerleading took up a lot of time and it was a big responsibility and it was something I took great pride in. And so because of that, I had to get my schoolwork done at certain times. And so that really taught me, we talk about life lessons and everybody says that who's involved in athletics and activities that it propels you into the future for great habits as an adult who's successful and so on. And I just remember one night being so tired, but organizing my index cards for my research project on Prince Edward Island junior year and knowing though that I didn't want to be doing that the next night or the next night because I had games to be at either to play in or to be a part of and it was just something that was really important and then I think about it now today quite a few years later but think about that those are the life lessons that it helped me with and guess what I got an A on that project And it was because of some thought, but it was really because I was connected in a different way. And so my school work moved along with it. And so what were some things that you experienced as a student that has helped shape your thinking today with what we're talking about? Yeah, well, I mean, I think something that either we experienced ourselves or we knew someone that um, moved through the world in this way is um, a lot of kids, uh, their motivation for coming to school their motivation for getting the work done is so that they can participate in that club, in that activity, or that athletic um, sport. And, and that's, just, that's just the reality. Um, as much as we love science, math, and social studies, the children typically don't come to school for the science textbook. You know, they don't. It doesn't mean they can't love science. It doesn't mean that can't ignite their passion for the future and their curiosity. Of course it does. And... They're kids, and kids are motivated by things that are developmentally approximate where they are and how they're moving through the world. And I think it would be naive of us to think that what's going to motivate our kids is singularly coming and getting an education so that you can enter the future workforce. Most 13-year-olds I know are not necessarily motivated by that. They're motivated by what's the fun, what's the excitement that's going to happen in my life. And, oh, there's some things that I have to do to be able to participate in those. And so I, I think we need to get back to that a little bit. I think there's some, some pretty foundational things about childhood and about being a student that we maybe drifted away from the last decade and a half, two decades. And we need to come back to some of those things. There's lots of things that we should leave in the past and do better and differently. But there's also some realities that kids, kids are kids. And, and kids have been kids for a while now, and there's some differences, but 
there's a lot of similarities. Especially with their growth and their development. They're still the same age. They might know a few more things. They might have been on more screens like we've talked about, but they're still kids developing. And when you talk about the 13-year-olds, when you're 13, you're really excited to be around other kids your age and kind of experience the world and whatever that looks like. And it might look like Science Club if you are the kid that loves that science and want to extend it during the day. I know we have a group of high schoolers. They really want talent shows. Yeah. They want more talent shows. Let's do it. I think... Yeah, let's do it. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. And so we are we are not just talking about ball sports. Exactly. That is that is not that's what we're That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. That is not what this is. What this is is how can we find as many different types of experiences as possible that get kids excited, that get them interested, that encourage them to come to school, to be there afterwards, to be around their peers. Um, you know, I, I, I sometimes when I'm talking with, with uh, community members about this topic, I'll just say, I don't know, predominantly, the vast majority of adults are spending their day going someplace, and one of the primary drivers is they get paid, yeah. you know? And so that's just a reality. And so I don't think that um, that is not a worthwhile um, reality to expose kids to, is that you come to school, you do the work, and then part of the payoff is you get to participate in all these fun, amazing, exciting opportunities. Um, that's a really developmentally appropriate reality for us to expose kids to because that's what it is in adulthood. Yeah. You go to work and then you get something for it. Um, and so I, I think we need to get back to that a little bit. Yeah, I think the cool part of this podcast is that it has, I mean, you know a lot of what extracurriculars are going on, but I feel like it has opened our eyes to so many different things. Like you mentioned, no, they're probably not going to school for the science textbook, but they're going to school because of robotics. Absolutely. After school. Yeah. I've done a Lego robotics story. One of the first things I did when I took this job was I wrote down every single club at every single level. And now Leandra has a beautiful graphic of every single club we have. And that's just what it really shows you that there's so many different things. If you don't think you're going to be interested in sports per se, yeah. there's likely something out there for you. And if it's not there, bring it up to someone. Talk to your staff members. Talk to your counselor, your principal, and be like, this is something like the talent shows that we want to do. And there's yeah. probably other kids that want to do it too. I, when I was a, a principal, we started um, Cyber Patriots, at the middle school yeah. level. We were the first middle school to do that program. And I remember coming on a Saturday to one of the competitions, and it was just such a cool thing because it was a group of students that maybe didn't know each other previously, didn't necessarily have classes together, didn't necessarily eat lunch together, but they that it was their people, right. and they found their people, and they were so joyful to be with other kids that had similar interests. Um, it was it was really just uh, an empowering moment to see that they if we create spaces and we create a, a variety of spaces um, that kids can find the one that fits for them and then to see them be able to flourish when they have that sense of belonging and connection kids flourish mm-hmm. uh, and so it's it, it's so important more important than ever and. I also think that that our parents, it's really important that we raise awareness about social media. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's it's something that 
maybe for some families, they're they're just now starting to 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 develop an understanding of how toxic it is. Uh, social media is literally like giving your kid poison, mm-hmm. and whether that's bullying, harassment, sex trafficking, fentanyl use, um, normalization of violence, sexualization, you know, you name it. Social media is becoming a gateway for our kids, and they're spending hours ingesting that poison. So many hours. And so I, I really believe that um, it, it's going to be critical that, that we work together as a community, that educators, politicians, social service groups raise awareness in our community to inform our families that uh, it's not like our parents used to say, of, oh, you know, don't watch so much TV, it rots your brain, right? This is different. It is. This, is, this is different, and it's much more serious and much more detrimental but we gotta have an alternative. Right. We gotta we gotta be able to help our families say, all right, we're, we gotta dial back this social media thing. How about you go do this? Right. How about you go do that? Because that's such a harder conversation if if families don't have an alternative to offer their student. Then it then it gets into a deeper power struggle, yeah. uh, and we know that doesn't lead to good things. So. We did a quick survey thinking about all the things that we've been discussing um, just to see how it would work to gather some student voice on a quick, uh, just a day, a day's time. So Michael Balfour, Michael is one of our great extracurricular leaders and, and people at Ridgeview Elementary. He put out a clever poll to all his school and he had a half day to do it. He got, gathered 30 responses and those 30 responses say they want art club at Ridgeview and they want to play some volleyball. Those are classic, easy to pull off, we can do it right now. And it was so powerful to hear from those 30 kids that they they were just taking a quick survey that he put out. That's how we can gather student voice. It doesn't always have to be a massive situation. But art club, let's get it rolling. We can do that. And so we made sure that they they got to try it last year, and then they're going to do both this year on a bigger scale. So that's great. Um, I yeah. love that. I also hope that we can um, spark an interest and excitement again of of coming and being spectators at events. Yeah, you know, and that Great that's point. part of you know uh, American culture. Um, the last you know thirty to forty years is Friday night football, or everyone going to the basketball game, or people coming to see the the drama performance. And again, I think, you know, the world has changed and technology has has stolen away the attention of so many kids. And there's so many things you can do with your time now. And so we've been spending a lot of time, I know, in Stephanie's team talking about how do we have like an amazing fan experience? How do we make those games exciting and fun and entertaining? Because again, if we know if we can get our kids together in healthy, safe spaces, they're going to flourish and do better. Um, but we can't just sit back and just hope that happens. We have to do new and different things uh, to, to, to nurture that. I mean, we've had, Stephanie, so many healthy conversations of how to, specifically towards the stadium, but we want this to be everywhere too, but how to have that game experience, how to get people in the stands, how to get students in the stands. I just had an incredible conversation with Shelly Radke at North Central about their push to getting kids to more things. And I think with this entire conversation we've had, it's really not that complicated. And I think we just need to quit making it so difficult as humans to think, oh, we got to 
we got to find parking or we got to pay five bucks or whatever it may be. You know, we always try to make excuses, I feel like, as humans to not go to things. And but it is it is that extra step step to making the fan experience great as well. You know, last year we had a little energy around themed nights at basketball and volleyball. Yes. And I, I'm skeptical of it because I'm not a costume person myself, <laughs> but I saw an uptick oh, I am. in, <laughs> I saw an uptick in fans at Shadel and at Ferris and at LC and Rogers and North Central because they had a theme and that was what brought the kids together. So that's, that's cool. That's a cool you know idea and things like that to get more kids there but I love the idea of it's not just about playing the sport or doing the activity it's also about being there and being a part of it and what better place to be on a cold late December night than in one of our awesome gyms just having a good time yeah, we just have to be creative around that. And, everything doesn't um, have to be huge. Everything no, does have to be huge. Doesn't. And I know like North Central, they're in the process of purchasing some some wolf uh, mascot costumes. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> you know, nice. it sounds like a simple thing, but it creates That's excitement cool. and energy fun. and fun. And we're really fortunate uh, through some a sponsorship agreement with STCU. We're going to have digital video scoreboards in all of our high school gyms. Incredible. So that, again... We can enhance the fan experience and get images of kids watching the game up on the the screen and um, do player profiles and different highlights of things happening uh, at the school. So all those uh, are, are a layering of strategies to to make it make it cool again to go to high school events. Exactly. We've had so many <clears throat> incredible interviews over the past week with we're doing a big stadium story and we got two seniors from each high school, took them into the stadium, got to see their reaction, got to see them living in that moment. And it was it was truly so, so empowering. And we had a student, his name is Charles, and he's a part of the Ferris Band. And we had him come into the stadium. And for him, his experience will be incredible. He gets to play in the pep band at the new stadium, be basically field level because those stands on that home side, they're right up against the field, and just something like that. Maybe sports isn't your thing. Go to listen to the band. I love the band. <laughs> That's awesome. That noise, just, I'm thinking about just hearing it. I know. And those songs that they're going to play. That's fantastic. That Half-time Ferris fight song, of course. Like, yep. Yeah. Or, yeah. And, and just go to socialize. I know, right? You know, I mean, I have, I have uh, you know, one of my kids at home. Um, she's going to go to the game, and she's going to socialize. Yes. Um, and I have another kiddo, and it, it, it's all about watching the game. Um, and both are great. Both are good. But, um, again, getting kids out together in our community, particularly after the pandemic. The pandemic – You know, there's lots of talk nationally about learning loss, and certainly kids um, experienced learning loss, and different groups were more disproportionately impacted than others. What deteriorated faster than what we ever possibly could imagine was norms, routines, interpersonal skills. Those deteriorated faster in kids than we ever could have fathomed, and they're much more difficult to repair than we ever imagined. You don't just flip a switch and say, oh, well, we're going to go back to the norm of waking up to an alarm clock and being to school on time, or we're going to flip a switch and go back to the norm of organizing our time and making sure our homework's turned in. 
Uh, and it's the same with, with interpersonal. We're going to flip the switch and go back to the norm of you get out, you socialize, you visit with people, you, you learn talk from to them each about other. their day, you learn from each other. And so we, we are going to have to do things as a culture to, to, to repair that and to do new and different and to chart a better, brighter future um, for our kids, um, not just because of what the pandemic uh, created, but, but the trajectory we were on be, before COVID showed up. Yeah, and that takes a solid foundation. And it sounds cheesy, but it does start with people like you guys. So thank you for making that the forefront of what it's doing for our kids because we say this all the time, but it's so true. It comes back to the kids. It's all about the kids. That's why we do what we do. That's why I tell the stories I tell because their story matters, their future matters. And that's why we're all here, right? Absolutely. I know I've said that a couple of times in the last week when there's been frustrations at work or there's been things going on and I'm thinking, this really is about the kids. Like this is this isn't about the the things we're typing on the computer. This isn't the the nonsense that we're tearing our hair about. It's about their experience and the kids. This is why we're doing the work. They're the most important. There's so many divisive topics um, that um, overlay on our on our local community and on a national level. Um, and so when there are unifying topics, um, we need to really um, go after those together. And um, I, I, I do hear almost universally people eager to support and encourage kids being active and kids being off screens. Um, it's really interesting. There's, there's this really incredible synergy. You just, I don't think I've ever talked to someone that said, you know, well, you have too many activities and things for kids going on. You got too many of them. Uh, it's we the hear, opposite. We hear the opposite even when they want to complain about something else. We hear yeah. you guys are offering so many things. Yeah. And so we, we have heard that recently that we, that's acknowledged. And at the same time, want to be mindful. Are we offering what the kids want to be connected to? Exactly. There's that piece. Super, exactly. Because I know there's a club at one of our high schools that we've always had. We've always had it. And so I talked with some of the school leaders and I said, what are they doing at that club? Nobody yeah. knows. Yeah. They've just always had it. Yeah. Just a couple people show up and the same teacher does it. And it's like, I think we can do better than that. I think we can, you know, speak to the kids of today and see what they want, not just some club that they had when I was there. And empower them to lead. Our kids are incredible and they are so ready to lead. Our kids are so ready to step up. I've never seen a generation of, of student, um, particularly in just the last couple of years, that is so eager to step up and be part of the solution. Uh, it's really exciting and it makes me so hopeful for what they will contribute to the world. Um, and so we gotta tap into that. We gotta ask kids, what do you, what do you wanna do? What are you excited about? Oh, and guess what? You can lead it, okay. you, know, you can shape it. You can, well, we're here to support you as the adults, but um, at the end of the day, the, com- the school district belongs to the community and the kids that it serves. Um, and we work for them. And so um, the more we can empower them in that role, um, I think the better experience they're all going to have. Like you said at the beginning, this is the most exciting part of a whole school year is the beginning. We're excited throughout the whole thing, of course, but the beginning, and because we have conversations like this, because of the things we've talked about through this whole interview, it only seems like it will be the best school year ever. (laughs) We've got a lot of things to look forward to. A lot of things to be hopeful about. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely.